Your Fill with your host, David Birnbaum, as well as uh, Thomas Nowak. Thanks for having me on, Tom. Uh, my pleasure. I guess I guess we're switching the, the kind of position of the host. Yeah, let's All see right. how it goes. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving this... you the power. Don't use Absolutely. it for evil. Oh, my goodness. That is so relevant to the topic. Uh, the topic is going to be for this for this episode, uh, power and evil. And I reached out to David. I really wanted to talk about this specific topic because I find it so interesting how these two things uh, can uh, intersect and what I think there are a lot of misconceptions about um, in the general discourse about these two concepts. So without further ado, Let's let's get to talking about it. Um, so first, I want to ask why, like, because you mentioned that you wanted to do both, and I was like, my immediate reaction was, well, why do they have to be linked? Um, you know, now you know I've thought about it a bit more since then, and I think you can't really exhibit evil without power, right? I think you can be evil, but it's hard for anyone to know you're evil unless you use uh, power to exert it. Um, and that's the conclusion I came to about why they would be connected at all. But I'm interested because it wasn't inherent to me that they would be so interconnected. Well, uh, am I jumping way ahead? That was, that was my. It's so funny because because that I I believe is a misconception that I I, I want to try to touch on on in this in this episode. Okay. Because I think a lot of people think that power and evil are connected. Okay. Um, uh, and some good motivating examples of, of, of what I see in this is, um, for instance, uh, activist groups uh, that rail against uh, businessmen or uh, even groups that are against like racism or institutionalized whatever, uh, they tend to see the evil that they're against as being in a position of power. And I guess that's, yeah, the growing idea just generally is that power is inherently evil, right? That everything is a power dynamic and every anyone who has any power is inherently evil. So mm -hmm. I guess that is, I mean, I don't buy into that. Um, so I guess, yeah, that is interesting. I hadn't well, I, viewed it that way. Yeah, I think I think we should really focus on defining our terms okay. and and the reason why defining our terms for this is going to help is because it will clarify what like what our premises are going into thinking about power and evil yeah and and perhaps we can identify um where people diverge or even mistakes in our own thinking about these concepts okay so Let's let's start. Let's have you define them because you, you tend to be more precise with your definitions than I am. So how would you define power? Well, I'd like to start with uh, evil, actually. OK. Um, and and the reason why I want to start with evil is because I think it's a more fundamental concept. Yep. Um, and power is more a derivative. Uh, and we should focus on that later. Okay. Uh, so let's define evil by actually defining what good is. Um, so in my, f 
philosophy, uh, in, in my, my concept of what morality is, I think that morality is the, um, the study or the, the science or the, um, the concepts of, of, of what, what is good for your life versus what is bad. Yeah. And, and so different moralities will will have different opinions on what is good for an individual versus what is bad for them yeah um, so in a duty-based philosophy perhaps um where you have this concept of of people do their duty that that is what in in that philosophy is is morally good is like doing your duty and if you're not doing your duty that's the evil part, right? But I so, think I think um, I I see where you're going and trying to contrast, you know, your definition with some others. But I think we're you're still too not deep enough with why is duty considered good? Because I believe that fundamentally most definitions of morality have the same underlying idea of what good and evil are. Because you know the idea of doing your duty is good is inherently that you're doing your duty to protect something, to protect something of value, and ultimately that is human life. It might not be your own life because there's this idea of sacrificing your life for like the, the lives of others or one other. And so that is where duty comes into question. But I think m- most of what I know is that m- most morality has life as the ultimate good. They, they differ on whose life or 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 why, but it's still that idea of life versus death. And, and it's really, that is the ultimate, um, you know, consequence, you know, for any any anything worth valuing, because there's obviously things there are material things that cannot die. Um, but I think many people would argue those things aren't worth any sense of real value. Um, so I do think it's important. I mean, maybe I'm getting ahead a bit, but I wanted to kind of interject that, you know, it is, to me, it's the sense of life or death is where good and evil comes from. You tend towards life or you tend towards death. You're, I, I think you're right that uh, morality is ultimate, ultimately a question of life or death. And morality is what you are using to decide if something is like, if something is good, then it's, it's furthering life Mm -hmm. or if it's bad, then it it's, it's, it's equivalent to death, right. Or it it leads to death. Um, however, I think that many philosophers, uh, and many, uh, philosophies have actually strayed away from that ultimate cause or the ultimate, uh, the ultimate purpose of what morality really is for, and instead they've substituted it for something else. So I think you're right that morality should be dealing with um, life or death. Um, however, I, I'm i very skeptical that uh, many philosophies actually have, have, have thought that through. I, um, I would say that they still think it's life or death, but they you know, objectivism would hold that it's your own life that is the ultimate moral uh, good, whereas they would, you know, sub, they would sub that out. It's still life that they think is valuable, but it's collective life or society's life 
or or some other life, um, but it's still it's the life. Lives of others. Yeah, and so it's still life. It's just a disagreement on whose life. But I don't know of. I can't. I mean, I'm not supremely well read, but I can't think of any that have not life at all. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, for instance, if you have if you have Christianity uh, and it preaches a certain morality, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it generally, you know, the the goal of the of morality in, in the in the Christian religion or philosophy is not necessarily to live a good life. It's to like it's to get you into heaven at the end of it or like to avoid you uh to avoid getting getting into hell and and that that is what is premise the premise of of that sort of morality is like if you want uh, eternal life and 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 benefits and pleasure uh then you know do what we say is good or what the bible says is good but that Don't is for think. eternal life Yes. Like life is still their standard. It's just a different kind of scale. It's let's call it an irrational scale of life, um, but it still is about life. Um, if you okay, right? So like maybe I'll, I, yeah. I'll be more specific then. Morality should be for how to live a good life on earth. Well, and Jesus and Christians would say that theirs does that as well, right? And and um. You know, with the caveat that you, if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like you know, everything else you do, I mean, you're still you're still gonna go to heaven. Um, but I I think that you know you're supposed to follow the teachings. You're not. Uh, but anyways, like we we'll, we could get down a track, but let's get back to I guess. So so what is you know I'm just playing devil's advocate advocate a bit not to use that term lightly right next to Jesus, but, um, but yeah, so you're definite, we're, we're still just trying to define evil. I think so. Yeah. So, um, first we, we, yeah, we had to define good and, and so my philosophy is that the good is what furthers your life or yeah. Um, it's what it's what is in your rational interest yeah and i mean i i agree and i think you know just very briefly if what was good was against my own life then anyone who pursued the good would inherently pursue their own destruction so it just doesn't make sense that anything that would be good would be against my own life because the idea to me of good is similar to the idea of life that it needs to perpetuate itself right if the good is self-destructive, then it would it would end itself early and it wouldn't perpetuate itself. So it doesn't really make sense. Um, so that's like the clearest way I can think of it. Yeah. So if we if we associate the good with rationality in in the sense that it's it it is considering your own interests and and looking at um, reality in order to make decisions that lead you to a better life or give give you like um further your life mm -hmm. right then the the necessary definition of evil would be that which 
impedes that, right? So yep. it's it's the irrational. It's 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 evasion. It's looking. It's not looking at reality uh, and making good choices. Um, it's it's it could be potentially uh, not accepting that reality is what it is and um, therefore making bad choices that lead you to death mm-hmm. or or trying perhaps, to force reality of into what you think it should be or what you believe it to be and that's where you kind of get you know your destroying of other people is when you're yeah. trying to force reality to conform to your ideas yeah i i think i from what i understand that's a lot of like uh what plato kind of had in mind mm-hmm. so plato had this idea of the the world of forms where you could you couldn't really see this world of forms it's just this ideal world where 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 and he he really lays out um like it's a utopia you know yeah but uh but the thing is that he never grounded that utopia in in reality and so any attempts to um make that utopia real um because there was a missing connection between what exists and what he wanted, he just couldn't do it. Yeah. It was, it was irrational. Um, so that is how I'm going to define what evil is for the, at least the, like that, that's how I define evil is, is what is irrational and, and, um, going forward in this, uh, let's, let's keep that in mind. Yeah. And I think um, it's important to say that, you know, I guess the average person would probably say, okay, evil is probably irrational, but not necessarily that irrationality is inherently evil, right? I think Mm -hmm. the average person knows that evil is bad. Evil doesn't make sense. Why would I do evil, right? But they don't... I don't think so. I actually, I disagree with you. I think most, I think many people believe that evil has efficacy. And that's the point I want to get to next. Okay. Yeah. So... If we define evil properly as to be the irrational, then, uh, like, if you do something that is irrational, then, like, you might not necessarily be doing evil. You might be doing bad. I would, I would, I would separate the two. So bad is perhaps like um, an unthinking or or a not aware uh, sense that you're doing that you're doing something irrational. Um, uh, doing evil would be purposely uh trying to destroy your life um so purposely uh evading reality and being irrational yeah does that make sense yeah i think that de- it's an important distinction and it, and it definitely makes sense um yeah, you know, so- evil is more a conscious like a choice i'm going yeah. to do this uh, you know repeatedly whatever this is um you know it's bad to hit someone with your car by accident and kill them. It's evil to drive your car through a crowd of people. Exactly. So you, you've, you've, I think you've, you've, uh, you made a good distinction. So I can make mistakes in my choices that are bad for me. Um, yeah. But that does not make me evil. Yeah. It would be evil if I made certain choices purposely in order to destroy my own life. Um, and so... I well, and I think I think this is such an important point right now because that is the distinction that's being completely lost in the public dialogue, right? 
there's so many people who I would agree that, you know, there are people doing bad, but there's many people equating them to being evil. And they think that like the masses are evil or, or, you know, some people say the white masses are evil. And even if I agree that they're doing bad, I don't think they're doing it purposely. Right. Um, and I mean, there's I, we're not going to get into specifics, but a, a good example that a lot of people claim is that like Trump voters are evil. And it's like, OK, at best, they're bad. Most of them at, like they're not evil. They're not maliciously and purposely trying to do harm. And that's a that's a very important distinction. And I'm not yeah, even I, saying I agree with that yeah. overall. And, and I have a I have an interesting take on that, which we'll I think we'll touch on later because it, it relates to what I want to get to. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, so we know what good is, what evil is, and what's bad. That that distinction as well. So yeah, um, if if you follow that, what is good is what is rational. Then, like whatever is practical in reality is is the right thing. It's a it's good. It's morally good. And that we could separate that from a pragmatic philosophy as well, where a pragmatist is a someone who compromises between yeah. different positions versus someone who's practical. Um, they 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 see what reality like offers them and they work with it. They that I don't I don't think there's anything uh, I don't think opportunistic. Any, I that's a relevant. Yeah, it's a relevant association to make, but I think I think with a good philosophy, a good morality, uh, the one that uh, the one that I have at least. Uh, well, I think I think it's still important. I want to touch a little bit more on this idea of rationality being good, because you and I are on the same page, and underst- I understand what you mean by that, but I don't think you know it's been articulated why that's true. Um, and, you know, there's many pages and, and documents written on that. So I don't know if we'll be able to define it in a minute. But, you know, I do feel like we need to discuss that a little more. I think given that assumption, we've said what, you know, bad and evil are flowing from that. Um, but why is rationality good? Well, rationality is the... Um... I guess no one like, would ever choose to be irrational. No one ever, no one, pe- people don't consciously and thoughtfully choose to be irrational. So like, if anyone is, if anyone's listening and thinking like, when would I ever choose to be irrational? They they don't ever go into a situation or, or assess a situation and decide consciously, I'm going to behave irrationally. Well, I I'd, decision- I'd say. I think the decision made is not to commit to rationality. And right. when you when you do not commit to rationality, then you are in a state where you could very like likely be irrational. Right. And so I think it's important for the average person who hasn't thought of it in these terms before, if they would think that they would never consciously and thoughtfully choose to be irrational, you know, if they would never make that choice, clearly that is a bad choice they don't want to make. They would never go into a situation and, and say, oh, I'm not going to think about this. I'm just going I'm just going to act inherently. Right. Are, are, are you sure? Because I, I, I know a lot of people that or I've, I've heard at least, you know, people who say, you know, follow your gut or do uh, what your heart says, you know. Um, 
are, so are I, those I think people? they're mis I think they're mistaken, but I don't think that it's that's the going into a situation and saying follow your gut isn't the same as committing to not following anything at all, right? Mm-hmm. Going into a because I actually had this conversation a like you know for a little while with my aunt because she said she doesn't view herself as being that intelligent. She just has good intuition and it's a good gut feeling. And I was like, well, what I believe doesn't really buy into that. If you have good intuition and a good gut feeling, that means you're able to very quickly process and understand and make a rational decision that's normally right. And so it is brain capacity that gives you that, right? And so I think, but I I think even people who would claim this gut feeling, this intuition, that's not the same as them claiming, consciously claiming irrationality. I uh, I I kind of want to move on to the okay to the, yeah to the crux of this but sure uh, I I think it's I think it's a worthy thing to discuss at another point yeah um but uh, yeah so rationality is the uh, commitment to not faking reality to uh, to like admitting or or recognizing it's the recognize recognition that reality exists. Um, and that you are alive in it and you must, uh, you must accept that fact and, and work with it in order to live, um, well, um, I, I think that's a a basic, uh, way of saying how, what rationality really is. It's the commitment to, uh, it's the commitment to reality and, and, the way you commit to reality in order to live is you have to use a process of logic, uh, and and logic is is just the art of non-contradictory identification. So uh, you're identifying things that exist in reality, and you're making conclusions based on that. So you're you have premises, and then you you go into conclusions. Yeah. Um. So uh, the point of all this is, um. If rationality is what's good, and that's very much tied to like, you know, what's practical, what exists in reality, you should you should live with that fact. Yeah, I guess we um, we didn't ever touch on actual practicality, but I well, I mean, if you're rational and you you use logic, then you're you're being practical. You you are you are saying there are things that are existing, and you're working with them, right? Uh, and and that's that's really what practicality is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the reason why I like to talk about practicality is because people view philosophy uh, a lot as um, sort of an, sort of an ivory tower exercise, mm-hmm. and they don't connect it to the real world usually, or they they view it as um, you know it's just a bunch of academics talking about like what if situations, right? Yeah. Whereas really, Versus... it's the most practical thing because exactly. it is what will influence. It's your basically guide. It's, everything you do in your day-to-day life yeah, so it's, it's a guide for 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 how do i live well it's not it's not a it's not a how it's not a um oh what's the term i'm looking for it's not it's just, not just not a, a thought game disconnected yeah, from yeah and from it's not, life yeah and it's it not is how of, you live your life yes and it's not a set of concrete rules of what you should like and what you should not do and and what it's, it's more how to think uh and 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 how to act in order to live a good life yeah um so if 
irrationality is what is evil and and if we so then like it makes a lot of sense that evil doesn't have a lot of efficacy if it's not if it's against what's practical if it's against what is rational um uh if we define it that way then then evil doesn't seem like a very harmful thing like it seems like it's almost like why does evil evil even exist if it doesn't work how does it survive yeah right um so and and that's that's with our good definition of of what evil is now uh let's compare that to how i think most people or many people at least view evil they view it as this sort of towering uh structure that controls everyone's life and pulls the strings it's manipulative it's able to take advantage of good people it's able to uh it's able to maneuver like a like a specter um around people's lives and fundamentally it controls people like evil is the is the the big bully compared to the good right the good is just a small helpless victim right yeah and, david and, and goliath the yes exactly so i think that people view it that way because they view the good as this superficial idea of uh having um like virtues and 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 i i say virtues here in quotes uh because they're they're not good virtues they they see it as like a pious person is is good you know like um like someone who's always nice to people is good yeah uh, or or someone who's who's not um who's who has very who's not someone who's not strong someone who's who's weak and and doesn't interfere with or, or doesn't interact with other people doesn't uh I, I would say that's like a lot of what a lot of people see as what's good is like this very nice uh non-threatening kind of person right yeah that and and so if you define the good that way then yes the evil does have control over the good because if like if you define the evil as anything that's willing to um like exert force or uh anything that's gonna take advantage of that niceness then there's a lot of evil around um but the reason why i don't think that's a good way of viewing what good is is because again it's not tied to that idea of rationality um in 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 the in the world number two in case number two um i i think the the good in that in that case is not necessarily being that rational um uh because it's not always a good idea to be nice to everyone uh like are you should you be nice to uh like a, a murderer who's about to kill you no uh should you be nice to someone whose values you find morally reprehensible uh that like I, I i really don't think so like i i don't think there's any there's any cause to be nice in that instance maybe uh like yeah i, I don't think there's any reason to be nice to that kind of a person right? mm -hmm. um but but i i do think people really view the good as this i think they've they've equivocated it they've or they've uh sorry they've mis uh defined it as just being nice okay and so 
the idea of being nice is a much more shallow idea, obviously, than the idea of being good. Um, but so, you know, when we're talking about this idea of evil, you said it's you said what it's not. It's not this specter, you know, in the tower controlling everything. Um, so what is it? Well, so, yeah, so let's go back to how I think the world really works, um, which is my case number one. So let's let's ignore what most people think good and evil is for now, and let's just focus again on on the my my defined versions of what good and evil are, right? So how I think evil actually survives um, if it's if it has no efficacy and if it's irrational, it can only survive through the sanction of the good. Now that is, can that someone be good if they sanction evil? I, I think that I, I think that that's a, cause that's where I'd push you. I understand where yeah. you're going. And I, I would say I potentially disagree because, you know, the idea is that, you know, the good have to sanction the evil for it to spread. And I agree with that, but if they're sanctioning it, they're sanctioning it likely through irrationality or evasion. So then they can't be good. They inherently default to, yeah. So then they inherently default to bad or evil. So it does actually spread and loom large because you disen one very strong evil person in a tower can disenfranchise people to the point where they no longer care to be committed to good. So they choose to evade or something else. So it does exist at the sanction of the good, but they're not actually good if they sanction it. I, I, I'm, I have a different sort of take on it. And, and, uh, I agree with some parts of what you said, uh, but there are others where, where we, where we diverge. So I think that, so yeah, to restate, I think the evil exists as, um, only through the sanction of, the good and this is where yeah you said that like how does that make sense right mm -hmm. well i think um i think there are, there are people who are mostly good and then like they follow good principles in their life uh but they haven't they haven't thought through like the entire uh morality of it of like what really is good they just have sort of a it's just sort of implied, um, or it's, um, yeah, I would say it's, they haven't properly defined it. And so they run into the risk of that moral failure of they sanction the, the, the evil by not recognizing that it's evil. So they don't, but they're still good. Yeah. So, but they, they have, um, unintentionally accepted bad premises and that is what enables evil to exist. So, But why are they unintentionally accepting those premises? If they were rational and committed to rationality, they would they reject fully. them. They're not right. fully rational. Okay, so, but... Okay, but I think, you're, I think there's a mistake being made where if someone isn't completely fully rational, then they're automatically evil. That's not true. But like, they're, I would say they're not truly good. Well, they're not, they're not like they're not the the best they can be right but i think i think someone 
uh, I think like you can identify someone is rational in a lot of things, but then they compartmentalize and they don't, so they it, don't understand the, the full consequences of what they're doing. Right? Okay. But you know, one, either they could be evading or they're just ignorant. But so what is the balance? If someone is 60% good, but 40% bad is, are they good? If they're 70%, if they're 51%, like, if someone is not committed to being good and to worrying and trying to figure out what that actually is, how can they be good? I don't think someone who com who is bad 30% of the time is good. Well, I think you've identified it. I think the, the good is like the person who's trying to find out what, like they're trying to know what the good is. They, they care. what the right thing is um so and i would say the evil is is the one who has accepted like they they've they've come to a conclusion that's irrational they've accepted it and they fully advocate it and they they, they fight for it right but you're leaving out the bad right the so the good are the people who are choosing to work towards that and all of that and the evil are the ones who commit to ir irrationality and evasion and otherwise. But mm -hmm. the the swing of the world is not, you know, people who are good or evil. There are people who are just, who don't care. Um, and I well, would say those, care. I would say people who don't care are bad, not good. I think good is is not, I think evasion is the default and evasion is bad. It takes a commitment to be good, to be rational, to be focused, to to always perpetuate that. And it's like the idea of, you know, if you like, if you can't think about how you could be evil, could you really be good? If you just happen to do things that other people deem as good, but you haven't thought about why you're doing them or why they're good or how they're not evil right then it's it's not really good you're just happening to do things like you know uh you know a dog that saves a person because there's a treat in the pocket that they went to grab right so it's not even like a training it's just an inherent thing you did um uh but then again we said if someone accidentally hits someone and kills them with their car they're bad um if someone accidentally drops something and saves someone are they good i don't think so i think that's just an accident i i think that like i think that yeah most most people who are even close to being good like they still have mixed premises that that, that like you can't really be like fully good uh i don't uh, well i think until... that's the idea with any good and especially the religious idea of good is you can never actually achieve no, it so that's the no i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you right there so that's where that's that's not true because if you define the good as something that cannot be reached that is an irrational definition of what good is uh the good is fully uh attainable it's just that so when... many people now have accepted bad premises that there are not that many good people no, I know good is attainable, but there's always more good. You could do more good for yourself. 
right? There's no point in which you are just, oh, no, this is as good as I can be. There's no more good. Rand actually has a, a term called, uh, um, and this is uh, when she identified pride as a virtue, mm-hmm. uh, she, she identified pride as a commitment to moral perfection. Yeah. And, and I think that that means that like moral perfection is actually possible, but you have to understand that it's a process, right? It's a, a like, your life is not ever a single point in time where you can say I'm perfect. It's a state, right? So yeah. I think a, a morally perfect state is like always being committed to the good, right? Right. And, and I, always... and I'm just saying that that's very, very difficult, right? I'm not saying it's impossible, but to be morally perfect is extremely difficult. I think it's extremely difficult in today's world, but I don't think it's, I think like if you, for instance, let's say we lived in like this uh, Atlantis where most people accepted sort of, or like the general um, okay, so view of the world was, was, was mostly like, or like for the most part, like an objectivist philosophy, right? I think that even people who didn't think about philosophy that much would be much closer to uh, like, like a fully good person. Um, Right. But I think that is, again, them not choosing that. It's just if that's the pervasive narrative that they're absorbed in, then sure. But what I would count, I think like we're going to get stuck here because this is going to be like a perpetual sticking point between the two of us, because I do see value in the religious ideas right of of you know this you can never actually be morally perfect but you're supposed to strive for that as long as humanly possible um and i think that i think that that idea is too focused on uh like guilt no uh, i don't i don't think so. i don't think so but you know if i don't think it is more difficult now than ever before to be morally perfect um but i also think that then plays into this idea that evil is and bad is spreading. Why is it more difficult? Because there's more people that perpetuate bad and evil. If you were surrounded by good people, it would be easier to be good. And so you do have to get to a tipping point of good versus evil. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, pride, yes, I'm proud that I am perpetually trying to attain moral perfection. Um, and I think anyone who can say that should be proud of that statement but as rational as i am it's extremely difficult and i don't think i'll necessarily achieve it in my lifetime and i don't think i don't know if i think anyone could actually achieve it and how do you even define that you have achieved it right and then to me it draws parallels to the idea of jesus right that this there was a person who attained that moral perfection and and they floated through life and and could always do i mean and and jesus has a different idea of morality than you and i do um but attaining that right i don't know if it's i don't i don't think because even if i was morally perfect I still have to execute. That's still a choice I have to do every day. I have to choose to stay morally perfect. And that's still a lot of work. So I don't think it's just like 
if you define hmm. an ideal as something that is not attainable in your lifetime, then I do not think it is a good concept to keep. Uh, so, and 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 so that that leads to the idea of yeah, perfection. So, if if it was impossible for me to to be morally perfect in my lifetime, then it's it's something that like it would it would almost serve as a motivation to discourage me from trying at all because uh whereas many i know that it's not possible right no many people would say the opposite if moral perfection true perfection is the end that you're trying to achieve and that's going to be extremely difficult then why even bother trying if the goal is rather than to just be closer to that each and every day, knowing that I might not ever hit it, because hitting it would be extremely difficult. And so um, it's easier to say, I'm, that is the goal and I'm going to strive towards it every single day. And if I never hit it, that's okay, because I'm still much closer than I was. And so it's like, you know, do you have to be morally perfect by the time you're 30, by the time you're 40, by the time you're 50, or by the time you're on your deathbed? You know, well, what is the standard then? Again, it's not a, it's not a target. It's a state, right? So um, being yeah, morally so when perfect do you... is, is a, it's a state of, of always being committed to what is good and, and like completely rationally following that at any given moment. Right. Right. So... And so um, what I'm saying is at what point should you be able to look back at two years of your life and say, oh, you know what? I did succeed that. I have been morally perfect for the past two years. You know, you still have to set that as a definitive goal. When when are you hoping to achieve that by? Like me personally? Sure. Uh, I think that like for me, I, I, I know that I still have a lot of uh, baggage that I have to get over, like a lot of uh, bad premises that like, I'm still trying to get rid of in my own mind. Um, but like, I know I've gotten much better in the last two years. Right? Yes. Um, uh, I, I agree. I think it's, it's hard to like define a specific moment where you could say, Oh, like I'm, I'm completely following what it is that I, that I really want to do. But I think, I think it's, I think the way of, of knowing that is like, what, what state are you in? Um, not necessarily emotionally, but I would say emotions are a big part of that is like, like what, like it's about measuring, uh, like what is the, the current mood that you've exhibited in the last like month or so, or maybe two or three months? Like has, have you been feeling morose and distraught or have you been like, has life generally been, like an enjoyable experience for you right mm -hmm. um i think that i think that that is a that is a a good indicator at least of like oh you know you're 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 getting close right um i and i don't think moral perfection means like you have to have every uh issue in your life resolved i think it means like because there are always more issues coming up right like right oh, like you know like uh I mean, to be really, to be really close, it's, it's like, you know, your, your sister's coming to visit you next week. You have to plan to like, uh, to see her and like walk, like bring her through the city, show her, you know, uh, like bring her out to eat or whatever. 
Um, so, I mean, that's a that's a problem that's coming up, right? It's it's not. It's that's not, not a moral issue. Yeah, and, and... perfection doesn't mean uh, it doesn't mean every issue is resolved. And I think no, it means that you confidently and relatively easily know you can you can respond to any issue that does come up morally properly exactly yeah right so um i i I really want to i really want to move to talking about power because um i think it it really fits in to to this um idea now because so uh ayn rand she identified that a lot of people package deal the concept of power into two different kinds of power so um they they package dealed um the idea of economic power with the idea of political power Mm -hmm. so economic power is the ability to trade with others to in order to achieve what it is that you want so like buying things is a form of economic power um so if you have a lot of money you have a lot of economic power in that you can you can buy things that you want and you can get services that you require and you can you can carry out large projects or tasks that 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 you want to achieve because you have the ability to do it uh the second kind of power that's being equivocated is political power, which is the ability to threaten or to use force on others. And the reason why it's a package deal is because I think a lot, when, when people talk about power or they talk about oppression, they, they talk about like that certain groups or certain people have the ability to impact their lives. Um, but they don't specify how they, these people impact their lives. They, they just say that, you know, they have power. So, um, do you, do you want to, do you want to say something or like, you look like you want to, well, I think that, you know, the reason they're packaged dealed or packaged deal, um, is that, for a long time, the government, the people wielding the political power have used it to give benefits to some with regards to economic power, right? So the easiest example is monopolies in Canada. The government granted, you know, status to uh, telecom companies, to airlines. So they have economic power that was given to them through political power. They have political power that was given to them. No, but the so, poli- the political power now they have more money, right? Like they have economic power that was not accessible by an upstart as by someone else. Because but how did how did they achieve that? They, they achieved, achieved it through political force. Right. So I, that's what I'm saying. Political right. power can be translated into economic power. I I I actually don't think so because I think if you like if you look more into economics as a, as a science uh the more like the government uses that means to like make money quote unquote uh you're actually destroying the purpose of what money does which is to trade uh with 
with others and create wealth. And by destroying that purpose, you're actually lowering the value of money overall. But I think, I think that's a side note that maybe we can get into later about, or on a, in another episode. Um, but I still but the, like, I, I still fundamentally like if I want to fly to Vancouver, right. And sure. I still have the option to not do it or to use a different means of transportation, but within, you know, my rational self-interest, it is, if I want to go to Vancouver, the best option is to fly. But then there's, you know, these people with guns saying, if you want to fly, you can only use one of these two airlines. So what is the issue there? Is it political power or is it economic power? They're using their political power to force my economic power to be translated to one of two options rather than to wherever I so choose. So but, it, the, it, but the gun is the political power. The, right. The, but the then WestJet that... and Air Canada over time accumulate economic power air canada because and... of political power there's, right but there, that doesn't still negate a package their... deal here and, yeah. and and i understand your 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 concern is like the reason why people equivocate it is because this is happening but people are not identifying the actual cause and instead they're... i agree that people are equating the two far more than they should but one can still directly lead to the other. I agree they're separate, but one can create the other. I mean, I, I don't have any, I don't have any necessary thoughts about that. I mean, it, it's sure. Like I, th like using, you can use force to steal people's money, but you right. destroyed, you've destroyed the purpose of what money does by doing that. Uh, uh, not if there's a big enough market that it does, uh, right? Like, no, that's it. You're no matter how small, you're still even marginally you're 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 destroying the value of money by doing it. Right, and so over time, in a big enough framework, yes, and that's why you know I you know inflation is really bad because the value of money is getting destroyed. But anytime you do it, anytime like in this, even in the smallest context, when you steal, uh, you are destroying the value of money and it, right like, but however so marginally right and I, I i can say yes to that i can agree with that but now we have to talk about what is the frame of reference what is the context right and so if we're talking about a frame of reference of a hundred years right and the government stealing my money for five years is devaluing the money but for the next five years it's still giving some people more buying power than others. It's still giving people, they're still granting economic power to some people through their force, right? Through political power. Through political so the power. Political power is still the issue. Um, yes. So, okay. So the, the point I want to get at here <laughs> is, um, cause like, I, sorry, I, I have a flight soon. Yeah, no uh, worries. But, um, the, the point I want to make is, if you if you if you see that evil is irrational and that it leads to it does not have power in its own it can only be aided through the sanction of other people um and power is um like it's it's more just the the use of force on others or the the, the use of coercion Mm -hmm. then 
I I think the uh, I feel so I feel slightly rushed, but um, I think that um, the moral failure like of people to stand up to evil is what results in uh, evil having that sort of power that that uh, political power. Um, so if we were to uh, if I want if I want to put this in a concrete issue, let's talk about something like racism. Okay, so yeah. racism in itself is irrational. It's not a good means of of judging another person because it 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 uh, it values another person immediately based on uh, like a superficial trait and it's not a cognitive means of of evaluating that person's character right so if if someone if a if a white person evaluates a black person as like they they don't uh they don't think they're good because of because of that that single fact right then that's completely irrational if um in order to judge someone properly you have to know you know what is their ability um uh, what are their what are their thoughts? Uh, it's there's it has nothing to do with race. So um, racism is actually a a damaging thing to both the person who uh, the person who uh, carries out the racism and the the person who's a victim of the racism. So they're both technically victims in that case, right? Uh, the I think the mistake that a lot of common society makes is like because they haven't defined power the right way and they haven't defined evil the right way they see racism as a, a an actually very potent and 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 uh, a very powerful thing but the only thing that makes it the only thing that gives racism power is when it's sanctioned yeah. um and uh, generally, like when racism, like historically or, or even now, is actually uh, is actually used to oppress groups, it's not the racism that is oppressing them. It is the use of force to carry out a racist cause that is oppressing them. Yeah. So an individual racist or even a group of people that are racist but have no access to force have absolutely no um, power. It is only through the use of force that they have gained that means of power. Um, so uh, I think the takeaway from, from, from that distinction is uh, once you recognize that something like racism is evil and stupid, uh, I think it requires almost no further work as long as you are like, as long as you are, you are effectively judging people uh, or you're, you're not providing moral sanction to racists. So it's, if somebody is a racist, uh, then like it, it is wrong to like morally sanction their actions by, by not saying anything or, or by like giving them um, uh, 
uh, credit or something, uh, or like voting for them into a into a position of power, right? Um, but uh, the like the idea that racism in itself is this like very scary, uh, powerful thing needs to be attacked because if we continue to see it as a powerful thing, then I, I think that that will lead to people having even worse conclusions. I think people will start thinking that racism is actually uh, effective because they see it as powerful. So if you're viewing something as powerful, that means you, you also think that it, it, it works in some kind of an instance. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes sense. And so it's that only by tackling the problem with political power generally um, can you actually tackle when it is misused for racist ends. But exactly. racism itself is just people being stupid. If, exactly. if stupid is, people don't have political power, it doesn't really make a difference. Yes, and, and the only way that evil can actually succeed is by sanction, right? So... And, and this is like, to me personally, this is why I don't take racism, like, I don't, I don't take it seriously. And by that, I mean, I think it is stupid and it is obviously evil, um, but I don't view it as, as, as in any way having any efficacy, right? So, so when, uh, when I see the world, I don't view uh, like, I don't view issues of like societal issues as, as like these struggles of, of, uh, you know, racial groups or of supremacy of anything like that. Right. I, I tend to try to look for, you know, where is the power actually coming from and let's focus on tackling that. And eventually the irrational things that you also are, are not sanctioning will just, they will go away because they don't work. Yeah. Ah, so, yeah, so that makes sense. I have to get that off of my mind. I think, like, uh, it, I just, I, I, I have this big disconnect between with a lot of people on this issue because, like, again, I, I don't see racism as an effective means to anything. So yeah. So it, it, it's like, it's, it's not. Uh, I think it's something that as long as you're not. Again, as long as you're not sanctioning it, uh, then it will cease to be effective. And the same thing goes now, let's switch over to sexism. So sexism, just like racism, is not an effective way of, of judging another person, right? Uh, you can't effectively judge the character of a person based on their sex alone. And, and the same issue happens where like if you if you live in a society that has rights uh then like sexism is not a potent thing it doesn't it it never works in anyone's favor because the like for instance let's say let's say um a sexist businessman uh d refuses to hire women right he he uh he's he's no longer trying to look for the best people based on merit alone he's he's limited his options for 
who he wants in his in his company and therefore he risks the the potential of uh not hiring the best people for the job and therefore loses out on that productivity mm. um so and and then obviously the victim uh which is like in this case a woman uh she misses out on the work opportunity but you know like i i'd rather she didn't work for someone who's sexist mm-hmm. uh so maybe it's actually in her benefit that uh, like she doesn't have to work with someone who doesn't respect her yeah you know if if like it goes both ways if if someone is if in the, in this case if the employer is sexist towards you then you would do better or you would benefit from finding a company that recognizes you for merit alone. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, again, you know, the idea that forcing through political power that sexist and racist people should hire outside their comfort, for lack of a better term, then you're having people being hired by people who do not respect them. And so is that really good for the employee? Um, they have a job, but it's a job they were given through political power, um, and they won't necessarily, you know, have the best opportunities in that job. It's much better if we just overtly know, hey, this person doesn't hire blacks. Would you want to work for someone who doesn't hire blacks? And then you have room for competition to come in and and actually beat them out in the market. And, and I think, I think that's a, it's a corollary. Um, like my, my major principle in that case is, is property rights, right? I, I fundamentally think that property rights matter so much that I'm not willing to institute any kind of law that forces someone to do anything with their property. Um, uh, regardless of if that person is rational or not right as long as like like i care fundamentally that property rights are in force and um so like as a corollary of that i think yes like i think racist companies wouldn't exist or they they wouldn't do as well compared to a company that hires based on merit but that is not my my principle that i'm 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 justifying these ideas right my principle Mm -hmm. is private property matters so much because it is an individual right yeah and and uh i i think that's another thing that people uh don't quite grasp when i when i try to explain this stuff but Mm uh yeah i i i think um i'm quite satisfied with what i've been able to to discuss david sure. and and uh and i know that uh, i think we we should also like in it at another time we should talk more about the ideas that we were discussing at the start mm-hmm. um and uh i look forward to doing that with you yeah me too yeah so uh thanks for being on this with me and and uh do you have any other questions that you want to like wrap this up with no all right well Thank you everyone for listening. And uh, this is Get Your Fill with David Birnbaum and Tom Nowak. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys. Again.